Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with a promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with JB Sissel. JB, man, this is the first time in a long time that you've been on the podcast. Uh, I know Tommy was disappointed that he wasn't able to be the host for this one. For those that don't know, JB is one of the guys that works absolutely the hardest behind the scenes covering stuff. And, I mean, you've been with IC for how long, JB? I mean, since like day one, right? Um, uh, well, in its, in its current iteration, pretty much from day one, um, I started in uh, 1997 when David Eckhoff was the owner. Uh, so once it transitioned over to, you know, basically its, its current leadership with Buck Sanders and Ben Sherman, yeah, I've been, you know, associated pretty much since then. Gotcha, man. What we're going to be talking about today is the interview that you conducted with Coach Tommy Thigpen. He's back in Chapel Hill coaching the secondaries now. And you, you've interviewed Thigpen in the past, when he was a coach, but you actually kind of knew of him a little bit back when he was playing football for the Tar Heels. Give us a little bit of backstory, man, on when you first got to know Fig. Yeah, um, so I was a sophomore in uh, 1989 living in E-House, and Tommy was a freshman that year. So the the football training table was at E-House, and so that's where all the football players lived. And I lived in a suite with uh, two football players, Ricky Shaw and J.R. Bolden, and uh, two of the football managers. And then it was me and my roommate and uh, two other regular students, you know, non-athletes. And, um, you know, Tommy Thigpen was, was legendary from the get-go. Uh, you know, the, the football managers would come back and, you know, they'd talk about practice and they always had something to say about Tommy. It's just like, oh, man, you wouldn't believe what he did today. You know, I mean, his legend preceded him. Uh, he was defensive player of the year in Virginia, and he just played with reckless abandon. I mean, he was, you know, bending face masks before he got <laughs> to Carolina. And, um, you know, like, like I said, the, the football managers would just when, – when we would ask them about practice, there was always – something uh to be said about tommy and then you've also interviewed him with like i mentioned earlier when he was on staff with, with coach butch davis he's obviously back now just uh to, to start things off did you notice that's anything different about uh, coach Thigpen now as opposed to those years ago when he was formerly on staff um i mean Look, I, I, you know, I'm not the football mind that he is. People who watch football casually, you know, uh, most fans understand basic concepts and, and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, I don't break it down on a granular level the way he does. He just seems more um, more seasoned. 
I mean, and you know, that that's something that he he mentioned when I was talking to him. Um, he's been doing this for a while. You know, he started as a, a grad assistant uh, at UNC. He's been at what, Bowling Green. Um, I mean, you know, Illinois. I mean, he's been at a, at, a, at a bunch of different places. So he was on staff when Butch was the coach. Uh, started under Bunning and transitioned over to to Butch Davis, and he, he played for Mac Brown. And uh, Coach Brown said that you know he wanted to really help him along in his career. And when he had the opportunity to go play for Gene Chiswick, who was uh, a mentor, you know, he he took the opportunity and um he said that he wanted to sort of broaden his horizons he had learned under chuck pagano and he he wanted to sort of get some uh genetic variation i guess in his in his football knowledge but you know he said he loves carolina and and even when he left he always kind of had one eye back in chapel hill for an opportunity to come back but he wanted to you know improve himself in terms of football and make himself more marketable and you know I think down the road he would like to be a defensive coordinator and so you know it's just it's it's all part of the journey. It is and one of the things that coach Thigpen is kind of known for on top of just his football acumen that you mentioned JB was his recruiting ability and you asked him about that early on in the interview and I thought his his answer to that was pretty interesting so let's hear that now and then we'll talk about it. Two go hand in. You can't do one without the other. There's no such thing as a great coach ain't got no football. Two go hand in hand. You don't think that you're gonna go out there and get your mule and win the Kentucky Derby. That's not gonna happen. All you want to do is get the best product that you can. All right. So as everyone heard there, you know, it's it's interesting to me that Thickpin started off his answer, JB, by saying coaching and recruiting go hand in hand. I mean, it sounds obvious to football fans, especially college football fans, because you have to have good players if you're going to be successful. And yet, I think there is a difference in coaches that prioritize recruiting and others that kind of view it as just, well, I've got to do it because it's part of my job. You can kind of just see that Thigpen really seems to enjoy and relish uh, everything that goes along with recruiting these kids in, in high school. Uh, he really does. You know, I mean – as I mentioned earlier, he he really laid it all on the line as a player. Um, he was a little undersized, but he really, I mean, his body took a punishment. He played with, well, as I said before, reckless abandon. And, you know, not all great players make great coaches. I mean, we see examples of that all the time. But he was a, a great player in college. So he understands, you know, well, I think he said you're not going to – you can't win the, the Kentucky Derby with a mule. Yeah. You've got <laughs> to have some thoroughbreds. He was a thoroughbred. So he understands he's been that great player. I think he knows how to connect with players. Um, I mean, he's 47 years old now. But, you know, I honestly believe if he – if they would let him, he'd strap up and go out there and, and play again. He loves it that much. <laughs> And, you know, I think the next best thing is is coaching and sharing his knowledge with those guys and getting guys pumped up. He loves guys who are as excited to play as he was. And, um, I mean, that's what he wants at, 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 you know, University of North Carolina. 
I mean, the state of North Carolina, it's a hotbed for football. Yeah. You've got, you know, I mean, look at all the, the colleges who come in and recruit players and get players from the state of North Carolina. And he wants those players who are, are, are Tar Heel born and bred to play at the University of North Carolina. Like I said, I feel like even though he's, you know, one of the, I guess, the positives of having young coaches is that they can connect with players who are not much younger than they are. Well, um, you know, he's older and he's seasoned, but I feel like he still has that that ability to connect with those guys. And, you know, he's got the seasoning and experience that comes with a little age. Yeah, I think that definitely shows and um, it's pretty evident in, in more of the answers that he gave in the interview. And for those listening, the complete interview is available on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Board. But definitely, I agree with you there, JB. I mean, that, that came through across at several different points here. And, you know, talking about specifically players from the state of North Carolina, I think that a lot of uh, Tar Heel fans are kind of disappointed in the results from this year's class, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now, you know, you mentioned that Thickman did play under Mack, and as everyone should know, he played on some really good defenses during his time at Carolina. So, you know, I think that's one of the important things is Coach Thickpin knows what it takes both mentally and physically from players if they're going to just have that upper tier defense. Now, you asked him what he thought about this year's defense, because, again, I think last season it was much maligned. You know, expectations are maybe a little bit low right now, but he seemed positive overall. So, Let's hear what he said um, about what he likes on, on this year's team. What do I like about this team? This team is different because they, they had so many really good defensive linemen, from Jalen Dalton and the Strobridge kid and the uh, A.C. Crawford kid, the Mellow kid, the Malik Carney. We have an all-SEC defensive line here, and it needs to be appreciated. I mean, it's, it is a really good defensive line that probably the best one I've been around since – the days of the Vonnie holidays or whatnot. And they're not as probably maybe not first round guys, but most of those guys are gonna play in the NFL for a long time. And that's the difference that I saw when I was at Alabama, excuse me, Auburn, Alabama and at Tennessee was the difference was defensive line. And the fact that you got a really skilled defensive line here says a lot. All right, so as everyone heard it there, you know, Coach Thickpin started with the defensive line, and it's no secret that that is going to be the strength of this year's defense, JB. I mean, Greg Barnes has talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, Ross Martin's been covering the defense on the open practices. He's noticed it as well. But to have so many people comment that just the potential for the defensive line to be potentially dominant, to me, that really is a positive going into this season. Yeah, I agree. And while I, you know, I don't know that there's any one guy who's going to stand out and be a dominant force, although there are uh, a number of candidates who on any given day could be that, that player where I, I really think the, the, the strength of the, this defensive line is, as you know, Tommy explained is, is in the depth. Mm -hmm. um, he's saying, look, you know, probably none of these guys are going to be first round picks but a lot of these guys are going to be playing on Sundays. And when you can rotate those guys in and out, guys aren't having to conserve energy. And um, I mean, you know, when you're as a spectator, when you're watching 
I mean, you're just thinking, okay, give a hundred percent effort on every single play. And I mean, yeah, in theory, that's great. But if, if I mean, go out and run a mile. If you go a hundred percent from the get go, you're not you're not going to you know you're not going to make it to the end. You're going to burn out. And so you know, realistically, you have to sort of pace yourself. And when you've got these guys rolling in and out in this rotation, I mean, these guys aren't going to have to, you know, conserve energy. They can go 100% because then they get a blow and the next guy comes in and and then, you know, when they get ready for their, you know, the next rotation, they're ready to go again. So I think a lot of these guys are, um, I mean, you know, we're going to see consistency or, or, or at least in theory. And, um, you know, Tommy seemed genuinely excited about it. I mean, that's not even his, you know, his position that he played or is coaching. And, and that's really what, you know, he, he mentioned to me, you know, as you heard in the quote there. And so I, I think it's, it's something to be excited about. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, just, just real quick, JB, you know, your kind of thoughts overall, I mean, it, it's a pretty common phrase that you hear a lot that, um, a lot of really high-profile coaches say if you're going to win football games, it does begin in the trenches. I mean, I, I certainly agree with that because those guys know a lot more about football than than I do. Is that something that you that you kind of also play out throughout the years, especially when it comes to Carolina football? Yeah. I mean, look at the best teams Carolina's had. And as you said, you know, it's cliche. The skill guys – get all the publicity, you know, there, you know, you've got the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and the running backs, but look at the, when the, when the offensive is clicking, it starts with the offensive line. When those guys are racking up yards and points, I mean, you know, I mean, it's true. Um, uh, Gosh, I I may need to G-rate this, but I, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, you, you hear this from offensive linemen and coaches. They're like, um, offensive linemen are best, you know, when they're when they're not heard or, or seen or mentioned. They only get publicity when it's a negative. And so, you know, I think that's true. Look, look at some of the teams. Look at those Mike Brown teams in the late '90s that were just. Um, it's like an iron curtain there on defense, um, and it started on the defensive line. And um, so, yeah, I think it's true. You know, Tommy, he he's coached in the in the SEC, and he said, you know, he said that's the difference in, in the big-time schools when you're talking about, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Georgia. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's those guys up front in the trenches, and they aren't the guys that get all the publicity, you know, especially on offense. I mean, that's where it starts. It, it really is true, and it's it's cliche, but it, it's it's cliche because there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, some things are cliche for a reason. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break here, and we're going to do a live read again for everyone listening. We've been doing this now for the last couple podcasts, but that's because the sponsor is just that good. We're really trying to get this message out here, guys. And this is going to be for a way to go travel. So this is our new local sponsor for the Inside Carolina podcast. A way to go travel has partnered with us to provide a better travel alternative for UNC fans at away games. It's started by Chuck Joyce, who's a diehard UNC fan and Greensboro native. He reached out to us and wanted us, the Inside Carolina podcast crew, to help him get the word out. 
So right now, Away to Go Travel is selling packages for the California UNC game. The package includes a round-trip airfare from RDU Airport to San Francisco, round-trip bus rides to and from the airport and hotel, and a three-night stay at the Hotel Chautauqua Plaza in Berkeley, California. This travel package makes things extremely easy. It takes away all the headache of booking, of finding the best price, and any other hassle that's associated with traveling to away games. So it makes things as easy as possible for you, the UNC fan. You can visit HeelsTravel.com or call 336-855-0060 to book now. So again, that's HeelsTravel.com or call 336-855-0060. Now the hotel is less than half a mile from the airport and adjacent to the BART Metro system, which can get fans to and from San Francisco quickly so you can enjoy your time in the Bay Area and catch some Heels football. So again, visit HeelsTravel.com or 336-855-0060. Also in the future, look for bus packages to the Eastern Carolina game and to the Virginia game on October 27th. All the trips will be leaving from Chapel Hill. Away to Go Travel will also be creating packages for when the Tar Heel basketball team heads to Las Vegas on November 22nd through the 23rd for the Las Vegas Invitational, as well as the CBS Sports Classic against Kentucky and Chicago on December 22nd. And all packages are able to be personalized. So again, check out that website, heelstravel.com. All right, JB, let's get back to talking about your interview with Coach Thigpen. And, you know, Thigpen also did acknowledge that there is some growth that the defense is going to have to have this year. And he talked about something that we've heard from Coach Fedora a lot, which is limiting of of explosive plays. Um, I think Buck and Greg have also posted a bunch of articles showing just how you know detrimental explosive plays are to a defense. So let's hear what Coach Thigpen said on that. Yeah, I mean, just explosive plays, you know. Of and, and that's when you know when you play so much uh, main in matches. And, you know, it's a lot of match principles. And so, you know, getting guys down open field, that's probably one of the biggest things that you can do is, is, in football. It's, it's still going to come down to executing and tackling. You know, if I got the A-gap, I got the A-gap. You know, if they can't get cut out the A-gap. And soon you start overcompensating, say, well, if he gets cut out that gap, you got that gap. It doesn't work that way. If you got that gap, you got that gap. If you got that responsibility, every man on the field has one particular job, and that guy executes that job. So the thing that we, we I think I saw a lot of improvement on was from the tackle. You know, guys, we emphasize tackling this spring, and whatever you emphasize is what you're going to get. All right, like Coach Thigpen said, and I think he recognizes that by coaching the secondary, his players are going to be responsible for limiting those explosive plays on the opposition offense. So I like the fact that, you know, he kind of broke it down for us, JB, and talked about what needs to be improved here. Yeah, I mean, you know, what it all boils down to, and uh, I've never really thought of it in these terms, but I mean, this is, you know, the perfect explanation is, you know, your your mental busts and then making tackles. So if you if you know where you're supposed to be, then you're you're in position to make the tackle. Now once you're there in position, then you have to execute and make the tackle. But I mean that's really simplifies it. What else is there to it? I mean there's you've got all these X's and O's and and different assignments and alignments. And you know, something he mentioned was that he expected 
guys in spring practice to make more mental mistakes. And he was pleasantly surprised by how few they made. So, you know, you can design this really complicated um, high-level defense, but if the, if the players can't, you know, uh, internalize that and and then recall and know what they're supposed to do, it, it really doesn't matter, you know, how great the design is. You've got to execute it. And so he, he seems excited that the guys really are picking up uh, principles and concepts and assignments and alignments and they're where they're supposed to be and you know I mean how many times in in football do you see where a guy is just you know he gets his hand on the guy but is not really in position to make a form tackle whereas if he'd have been you know one step over he could have gotten his arms into it and used his shoulder, you know, put his head to the side, lift on the guy using his legs, you know, all the, the basics that you that you taught in tackling. And um, so, and, you know, you can have one mistake that allows, you know, eight yards or if you're on the 20 and it goes for 80 yards, then that's still one mistake. But, the the difference, you know, the impact in the game in terms of points and momentum and morale, it, it makes a, a big difference. Yeah. So sometimes inches make, you know, a huge difference in terms of the outcome of the game. And, you know, I know every year every team is excited. They've got national championship hopes and, you know, all this sort of thing. Um, and I, I'm not going to go that far. But I do think there's some things to be excited about if if you believe what, what Tommy is saying. And, I mean, you know, if he doesn't believe it, he was definitely convincing to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and he also talked about one player in particular there, Miles Dorn. He had an up-and-down season last year, but he had some very high praise for Dorn. And it, it sounds as if he really expects him to be a leader on this defensive secondary unit. Yeah, you know, he played uh, with his father, so there was a prior relationship there, and I don't know if that has made any difference or not, uh, but it certainly can't hurt. And, you know, he he just talks about Miles. I mean, Miles obviously has the physical tools to play, but it's it's more than just about being physically capable. You know, he talked about Miles' dedication to the film room and, you know, learning – these principles that we, you know, we just talked about prior so that he can be in position to make the plays. And um, like I said, he's got the physical tools already. And now he's working on the mental side, the psychological side. um, And he mentioned that, that miles is is self-motivated. Some guys you've got to drive and, you know, you've got to stay on them, but according to Tommy, not with miles. He, he takes it upon himself to go in the film room and, and learn what he needs to know. And, you know, something that Tommy mentioned, he said, you know, when, when things are going wrong on the field, he, he said it's heartbreaking when the only way to correct it is for the coaches to call a timeout and bring the team over and then to try to explain what's going on. I mean, obviously sometimes it, it reaches that point. But he said, you know, the better teams – are the ones when mistakes are made, 
that the leaders need to step up and go to the guy who made the mistake and in a way that's um, uh, constructive and positive, let the guy know where the mistake was and how, you know, to avoid it again. And those are the adjustments that the good teams make on the fly among the players that, you know, obviously that has come from the coaches. But at that point, you need some sort of um, automatic responses from the players. And, you know, that's that's how the better teams sort of respond. Yeah, and Thigpen's certainly been on teams that have been at the top levels of college football. I mean, he mentioned that he was on the Auburn team that won a national championship, I believe, with Gene Chizik, like you said earlier. So he's lived the experience. And to me, that just shows that Coach Thigpen really does know what he's talking about. Let's go ahead and go towards the end of the interview here, JB, where you asked Coach Thigpen kind of a, a more, I guess, like personal. It wasn't so much about him as a coach here, but you asked him, you know, if he felt anything that was extra special, given that he gets to run out of the tunnel in Kenyon Stadium as a coach for the second time and then when he used to do it as a player. And I thought that the answer was one that Tar Heel fans are really going to appreciate. So let's hear that now. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than actually it's okay to, to be in a place that you know you say, well, you know what, my name's on the wall. You know what I mean? And to this day, I'm on the second floor. Wow. So I, every day I pass it, yeah, that's my name right there three <laughs> times. I mean, it's, and so, yeah, when you walk out, and of course, I ran out of that stadium on that other end, and this wasn't the hill, but it's the same capacity of that stadium, man. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like football game day. There's nothing like it. But then going to a place where people know your name, you know, there's nothing better than walking down the street, somebody saying, hey, what's up, Coach Day? That's the greatest compliment in the world. Like, I was with uh, Aaron Wright, who's uh, a great friend of ours, and his mom was there and she you know she hey you were my favorite football player and you just think you know you, you always want to go back to places where you know you made an impact and people know your name and really appreciate you so it's it's something to be said about that as older you get you know at 47 you know it's the, the, that part of the game that's really what's important is going to a place where you can actually help grow and then having a place where you know your family will really enjoy being for the rest of their lives All right. So as you heard it there, I mean, to me, this answer that Coach Thig gave just really shows that he thinks Chapel Hill is a special place. And he really, I think, has a legitimate love for for the town and the university. Yeah, I really I really do. I agree with that. You know, part of the human condition is loving and wanting to be loved. And part of being loved is being appreciated. And I mean, that's just, you know, part of being a human. And whether that's your interpersonal relationships or professional relationships or, you know, whatever your, you know, all relationships, I think people just like to be uh, appreciated, especially when they have put forth time and effort. And, you know, again, Tommy really, I mean, he sold out as a player, he was all in and he wants players now who play for him to do the same. And he appreciates, that spectators, that fans appreciate that in him. And I think that appreciation grows as you get older. You know, when you're, when you're a player, you're in the moment. And, yeah, you, you like the attention, but I don't think you, you have a full appreciation for the, the, the grander picture. And, you know, he played it at UNC. And, uh, you know, like you said, he's got some bricks in the building. His name is on the wall. 
And, you know, I think there's something to be said uh, for being recognized for um, the things he's done at UNC. And, you know, that I think probably gives him a little more, not that other players haven't respected him, but that's something tangible. That's something that the players at UNC now can relate to directly because they're playing on the same field and shedding blood, sweat, and tears on that turf where Tommy did it. And so, um, you know, as he gets farther away from his playing days, I think the appreciation that he receives from fans probably means more to him. And, um, yeah, you know, I think all UNC football fans who who have dreamed about playing on that field would love to run out of that tunnel. And, um, you know, Running out of the tunnel uh, as a player is probably the, the, the peak, but now he gets to do it as a coach, and he gets to see, you know, other players that he's coaching and mentoring and, and, and inspiring do the same thing, and that's got to be rewarding. It's kind of like, you know, when, once you become a parent and you, you start to sort of see these things in your children, and, and you know, it's sort of you get to live somewhat vicariously through <laughs> through the guys that you're are then mentoring and leading. So, yeah, Tommy loves Chapel Hill. Um, I think he always will. Um, I don't think – even when he left Chapel Hill, I don't think his heart ever left Chapel Hill, and, and he's, he's glad to be back. Yep, I, I think that's – really comes across both in his answer to this question than just in the interview overall. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up, JB. You know, when you were sitting there talking with, with Coach Thigpen and you know, just kind of seeing him again for the first time after a while, you know, what was your kind of ultimate takeaways? Well, I touched on this earlier, just that he's more seasoned. I mean, think about to your back to your college days. You know, everybody was a little quote-unquote wilder in college <laughs> I think he's probably just gotten a little more mellow, but he's more seasoned and more knowledgeable, and he's he's confident in his his football knowledge. And you know, it's one thing to try to lead and impart your knowledge to others, and as a follower, something you want to see in in your leaders is confidence. And he, I mean, he's got it. You know, if if I had the physical tools to to play football. You know, I, I would want to play for Tommy. I, I would, you know, he, he's inspiring. And, and not in a, you know, sometimes you see these coaches who are frothing at the mouth and, and screaming. And, and I'm sure Tommy can, you know, get excited and intense at times. But, he, you know, I don't think that he's not on, he's not redlining it all the time. And he's got the respect of guys. So when he says something, you know, it carries weight. I think it's going to be, a interesting season to see what he can do, especially you know once he does kind of get his recruiting chops. He's never really stopped recruiting North Carolina, but you know he's he's kind of making new relationships with coaches throughout the state. And I think his comments here give Carolina fans a lot to feel excited about. So we shall see how the season goes. But JB, man, thanks for talking with me here. Yeah, I've enjoyed this. It's been fun. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, man, definitely. We'll we'll have to to get you on here with Tommy and the rest of the quote unquote old heads, and uh, hear hear some <laughs> of y'all's you know stories that are uh, capable of being broadcast to the public. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not all those are uh, FCC compliant, so yeah. um, 
<laughs> exactly. Well, for everyone here at Inside Carolina, we appreciate everyone listening in. Stay tuned for more coverage as the football season gets closer. JB, I appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.